there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one fierce page of Talmud every day. And it doesn't get much fiercer than today's page, Yevamot 115. Have a listen. A dilemma was raised before them. In the case of one witness who testifies to the death of someone during a war, what is the halacha? The Gemara explains the sides of the dilemma. The reason that one witness is deemed credible when he provides testimony concerning the death of a husband is because the husband being alive is a matter that is likely to be revealed, and one would not lie in a case of this kind. Here, too, one witness would not lie, or perhaps the reason that one witness is trusted is because his account is supported by the fact that she herself, the woman herself, is exacting in her investigation before she marries again. And here, since sometimes she hates him, and war is a situation that requires especially careful investigation, and it is tempting for her to rely on the witness, she is not exacting in her investigation before she marries again. And therefore, the testimony of one witness is not accepted. What a dramatic image. What a tragedy unfolding in just one paragraph. A woman who may not love her husband so much. There is a war going on. A witness says, hey, I'm sorry, the man died. Could she or could she not, on the basis of one witness, be freed to marry again? It is a monumental dilemma. And when we hear monumental dilemmas, we call our friend, our guide, the father, Be'ezrat Hashem, Baruch Hashem, of a new baby boy, Rabbi David Beshevkin. Mazel tov, my friend. Leah, what an absolute joy. You know, after you have a newborn uh, baby boy just a few days old, their only way to celebrate is by talking about death during times of war. Correct. Not 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 taking a nap or or drinking a glass of lemonade. No, Nothing. It's, it's with Talmud, it's with Yuvamos, and it's gotta be gory. <laughs> it's gotta be real. This is how we celebrate. Uh, the Daf waits for no one. And uh, it's really a joy to be speaking today. Uh, this page is really a, a very serious issue that has come up time and time again in Jewish history, which is the question that this entire chapter and the conclusion of Tractate Yuvamos is really all about, which is the issue of agunot, that we don't want women to be stranded in marriage. We don't want men to be stranded in marriage. And the ability to remarry very often hinges on the testimony and knowledge that the spouse has in fact been deceased. Do we know that they died? There is a somewhat famous story about Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter's uncle, whose name was Tom Gordy, who following World War II, he was actually a prisoner of war, and the U.S. Department declared him dead, and his wife actually remarried. And what happened is after the war ended, he finally returned home as a liberated POW, and he found out, Oyvey, what happened? His wife had already remarried. What do you do now? He was like, darling, clearly you have not studied Tractate Yavamos, because... <laughs> this is very, very real. And what this entire page is really about, what level of testimony and what types of 
proofs can we calculate, can we integrate into actually definitively saying that your spouse is deceased and you are now free to remarry? This is not just during times of war, it's during the chaos of actual tragedy and calamity. I think the place where this was most famously in the headlines discussed, although this has been throughout Jewish history, was following September 11th. Most of our listeners, I assume, were alive and very much remember what happened during September 11th. There was a very real issue of Jewish people who were in the towers, and there were very few scant records to know is this person deceased or not? Can the spouse, in fact, remarry? And obviously something so tragic uh, is also something so real, and it's not something that the Talmud averts its eyes from. The Talmud doesn't look away from tragedy. It goes into the proverbial rubble and figures out how do we create a path for these people to reconstruct their lives. As I believe I mentioned earlier uh, on take one, there's no issue that Jewish leadership exerts more sweat, more tears, more empathy than in the battle to free Agunot to make sure that people are able to remarry. There's a story with Rev Herzog where Rev Herzog was actually given doctor's orders that he was not allowed to read because he was having eye difficulty. And he writes in one of his letters dealing with the issue of Agunot and freeing somebody during one of these ambiguous deaths where he says, my doctor does not allow me to read. It could give me permanent blindness. But for the issue of Agunot, I can't listen to my doctor. I have to read. I have to immerse myself in this topic. And following September 11th, the Besdin of America, which is the central Besdin of the Rabbinical Council of America, gathered together three extraordinarily prominent rabbis who actually went down and visited the New York coroner's office to figure out what material, what in, in the language of the Talmud, of this page of Talmud, what simonim, what signs, what evidence can we include in order to be able to definitively decide that these spouses who had people within the World Trade Center, what can we do to allow them to remarry? And while there are literally thousands of pages dedicated to this, and me, small little David, I, I, I'm a nothing in this topic, and I don't want to insert my own opinion and my own head in this, but for people who want to really immerse themselves in this very real historic study of Talmud meeting modern-day problems, you will see the lengths that the Besden of America went to in order to free Agunot, they actually relied in many instances on dental records, on figuring out, well, we have, we have teeth that will allow us to know that this person can now go on and allow themselves to remarry. And all of this is rooted in the very tragic but very real context of the Talmud page that we are reading today, uniting, so to speak, Talmudic concepts, Talmudic ideas with real-world however tragic they may be, but real-world events in world history. And that's the beauty, I think, of what Talmud study is all about, of taking what exists on the page and bringing it out, integrating it, and wedding it, even through tragic circumstances, to real-life situations. So heartbreaking, so beautiful, so essential. Rabbi David Bashevkin, as always, thank you so much for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. Thank you.
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.